Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It is such an honor to be with you here in this auditorium, or if you're watching from around the world or at our campuses. Thank you so much for spending time with us this Memorial Day weekend. Thank you. Um, I have, uh, I think, a, what I believe to be a great word that will encourage you. But before doing that, you know, as Pastor Troy said, my name is Matt Jacobs, and my wife, Amy, who's just sitting over here. Thanks for being here, honey. Um, We've uh, been with the Potential Church family for a little over a year, and actually, I think you have a picture of my family, if you could put that up. Yep, there's, uh, there's me and my wife, Amy, and, and our oldest, our daughter, Paige, 20, Ian, he's 18 years old, and then our little guys, you got Jackson, who's eight, and Aiden, that is six. Now, this, this photo is, actually, it's before croquetas and before epinatas, so uh, that's... <laughs> So um, this picture is about a year old. It's just, it was actually one month prior to our family um, being called to Potential Church. And the reason why I showed you that picture, because the family that's in that picture is not the family that you see today because of um, just the incredible leaders that we have here at Potential Church. Can you help me honor Pastor Troy and Pastor Steph for just this moment here? Their leadership and their love for the local church has transformed our family in so many great ways. And I know week after week, we have the opportunity to come to this place or to watch online and to, and to be encouraged in the word, but also to, to propel us into living a life fulfilled in Christ. So thank you so much for uh, honoring Pastor Troy and Pastor Steph with me. You know, this, um, over this past series, you know, we kicked off our Temple Centurion uh, se- uh, season last weekend where we had our giving weekend, but we also, uh, you know, talked about over the last several weeks about living a life that's tattooed. We call this series Written in Ink. And so we've learned about what uh, being tattooed by God. We've also learned, you know, about what the kingdom tattoos are. And then we learned last weekend, Pastor Troy spoke, about being tattooed with honor. With this weekend, I have the great opportunity to share with you what does it mean to, to live a life that is tattooed with celebration. You know, last week, as I mentioned, it was our Big Giving Weekend. But before I tell you all about it, because I'm, I'm just naturally just maybe talking a little bit too much about things I'm excited about, we've got a special video that I want us to look at together. So look up with me. And God will generously provide all you, that's you and me, need. There's an incredible promise on the other side. But you have to do it by faith. Walk by faith, not by sight. Our priority is to help. I mean, if you can trust the scripture, you will always have everything you need. And it says plenty left over to share with others. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. You will not only experience generosity, you will become generous. You will be transformed on the inside. You will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. People will be helped and you and I will be blessed. Then you will always have everything. Would you stand to your feet and let's celebrate together what God did here this past weekend. Thank you so much for everyone that participated, gave sacrificially, truly something to celebrate.
cool in the gang. <laughs> Can't beat it, huh? Actually, Pastor Troy, he had mentioned to me last week, that was the first concert he had ever been to was a Cool in the Gang concert. Celebrate good times, right? Well, this weekend, we're going to talk about being tattooed with celebration. And uh, I just want to lay a little foundation for you guys about uh, my life and how this found me years ago. Um, many years ago, you know, uh, and, and even till to the day, you know, I'm, I, I've been a results-driven individual. Does, does anybody know what that means, is results-driven? means that, you know, you, you have something that you're running after, and then what those results produce kind of what would be in me, some, some energy, some momentum, some, some action to go a little bit further. So in other words, I'm looking for these continual results. And early in my life, you know, I had an opportunity to enter into the corporate environment very, very young. And I was very driven with the results that were being brought, but, you know, I was geared to get her done. Now, you could tell I have a little southern accent, and I promise you I won't use a lot of those southern terms, like get her done too much. But what I wanted to share is that I was always running towards that next thing, and success meant something to me. I was running after this position. I was running after this role. I worked actually for the, one of the world's largest food production um, organizations, and I was, I was climbing that corporate ladder. And I found, you know, I thought success was like uh, when I was by the age of 25, had my first, you know, company car, or when I was, before I was 30, I was on an executive bonus plan. I was running after all these things, and then something happened. God began to speak to me about a different plan that he had for my life. And that's where I want to pick up today. So as we actually, did everyone get one of these outlines? All right, you got it? Everybody wave it, okay? If you take out your pen, there should be one in the seat back pocket in front of you. We're going to start this story over here where Pastor Troy left off this past weekend, and that's going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. But before we do that, there were some words that I mentioned in the intro there, and that was the word success, God's plan, Celebration and get her done. I'm picking. You don't have to write that one down. But let's, uh, let's set the foundation with uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 through 15. And it'll also be on the side screens for you. In verse 10 it states, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide an increase in your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry... They will give glory to God for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful words. Such an incredible passage. And when I read this, and, I, and this past week as I've been studying and just researching, just really trying to find, okay, the heart of God to share with you today, what I found is uh, something that seems to be, a, you know, maybe a little bit simple to understand, but there's so much packed into it that by the end of today's message, I really want it to be embedded in your heart. And this is where I find where 
everything starts or where it can start when it comes to a life tattooed with celebration is God's plan. Just like when I was in the corporate world, God had, God had told me there was something different that he wanted for me. So in this, if you'll see there's a formula on page two, if you go ahead and flip the page with me, I'm going to write something on the board for you. Oh, by the way, uh, this is the mug club. You know, we talked about it last week. They finally came in, so I'm going to drink some water. For those of you now in the mug club, it should be on its way. But I want to write God's plan plus my obedience is equal to success. If you can write that in, S-U-C-C-E-S-S, yeah. And then from that success, after completing something, then comes what? Celebration. So success is a cause for celebration. I write that on the board because it is, actually I got some ink here on my hand. A little accident there, excuse me. But this is going to be an important thing throughout the message today, is that God's plan plus my obedience is equal to success. And from that success, that true success, I can live a life tattooed with celebration. Whenever we see that success is a cause for celebration, what does that mean for me individually? What's a calling to success? If you can turn with me then um, over there for point number one, it says that celebration affirms my commitment. You can write that in. Celebration affirms my commitment. In other words, have you ever actually um, felt a nudge to help someone that may be in need or to help out a, you know, a family member with you know, maybe cutting the grass? Or there's something that you, know, you felt that, hey, I should do this, but didn't really understand the reasons why you just felt like you should do that. Has anybody been there before? And then Whenever they came back to you and shared, you know what, this meant so much to me. You know, this was the last, you know, $10 that I had, but you brought over groceries for me. Or, you know, my back had been hurting all day, but you came over and you cut my grass. Has anybody ever been there? And then that affirmation to you, in other words, something that made, in other words, it affirmed to you that you did the right thing. How many ever wants to know from time to time, hey, I'm doing the right thing, right? I, I believe that. So in other words, when we see that our celebration, what God is doing in us, it does affirm the commitments that we've made. Turn with me over to 2 Corinthians 9 and 13. It says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. Now, who is they? This will be the church at Jerusalem. They will be the ones that's given glory to God for whose ministry of, uh, for whose ministry, a result of whose ministry? That is the church of Corinth. Pastor Troy preached or taught on that this past weekend. And that was when the Corinthian church, they were all taking up an offering to help the church that was in need in Jerusalem. So in other words, whenever the Jerusalem church gives glory to God, it's a result of whose ministry? That of the church of Corinth. So in other words, it affirmed that the commitment that the church had made was the right thing. And it says, for your generosity to them and to all believers will prove that you are obedient. Will you say with me, obedient? Obedient to the good news of Christ. So we see here God's plan plus my obedience equals success. And from that I can live a life tattooed with celebration. Now, also, it encourages us to continue on to Philippians 4.13. And let me read that to you. It says, for I can do 
Say it louder. I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Now, I can do everything meaning that it's limitless as long as I'm obedient through Christ, which shows me what? That's God's plan. And then who gives me strength? In other words, that shows me that ability, as in this context, to be generous. Before my time, I'm going to share a personal story with you that not many people know here in South Florida or in the Potential Church family. There's a story that happens before my walk into the, the corporate environment when I was in my mid-20s. And that was um, when I was uh, 20 years old, I had gotten married and uh, was starting a family and, and had my two oldest children. But things had happened within uh, that family, that marriage. And um, at you know, a young age of 22, I found myself you know, you know, as a single parent of two small kids in diapers. And um, this was a very difficult uh, period for me. And I remember from time to time, you know, whenever the kids were sick, you know, I would be in the kitchen, you know, the kids would be crying, one would be on the leg, I'd be holding the other, and they're crying, I'm crying with them. Or, you know, we were walking around the shops, you know, I'd hold one of our arms and I'd tote, you know, try to drag the other one along. You know, all these different things started coming back to me as far as understanding, you know, where we all can be at individually in a time of our life, but where do we find that hope? Where do we find an ability to move forward? But in this time, I was struggling, and then I found myself without a job for about three months, period. I was terrified. You know, I had these two little kids that needed something to eat. They needed a home to stay in. They needed to be able to get around. You know, and I was at the, I was at the point of maybe losing everything I had. So um, after getting a job, after three months of being out, I had, um, you know, I had made a commitment. I had made a commitment to God that I was going to do what his word asked me to do because then he was telling me that, you know what, I've got you, Matt. You know what, he has our future planned out for us and that all we have to do is trust him. So I was going to trust what he said in his word to be true. So what it said over there in Malachi 3.10 was that, you know, I could bring my tithe. In other words, the 10% of whatever I made, I could bring it to the local church. And I made a commitment right then. Now, when I started off this job, which actually was my entry-level position into that corporate world, I didn't know what God was going to plan for me in the future, but I knew I needed to stay committed to the fundamental thing that he asked me to do with bringing their first fruits. And so I did that, and then the amount that I was given in tithes was almost exactly the same amount that my mother was sending me about every other week to help me with my bills, my expenses. And I know my, my mother's from Germany, and she, you know, she called me by my birthday. She says, Matthias, why are you giving this money to the church, and it's the same amount of money that I'm sending you? Why would you do that? I said, Mom, I don't understand. But I know his word is true, and I believe it for my life, so I'm going to do this. And if she stopped giving me that money, I had to stay what was true. But then from there, my commitment was not based upon what I felt. My commitment was based upon what God's word said, and I believed it. And so moving from that, it let me know that in Jeremiah 29, 11, and this is in your outline, is that it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Isn't that wonderful news that you may not know what your next steps are, you don't know what maybe the future looks like, but there's a God that does and that you can trust him. So in this, that when, when God was able to revive me hope because this is what his word says, it gave me an aspiration, an ambition to move forward. It didn't have to stay with me, that I could trust him and I can move on. I did, again, I didn't understand what that plan was, but I did know that 
what God was doing in me was going to develop me into what he wanted me to be. If you turn over to 2 Corinthians 9.11, it should be next in your outline, you'll see it on the screens. It says, yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And I was like, what? Always be generous? You mean it's not just this one-time giving or this one-time serving or this one-time going on a mission? No, so I can always be generous. So it's just not a one-time thing. He wanted me to live a life of success, a fulfilled life, walking in his promises. And so from there I found out that understanding what he had for me was not just a celebration per se. It's a celebration continually, and this will be in your next line, in your outline. It starts with a celebration of God's work in me, if you can write that in. It starts with a celebration of God's work in me. It may have started with me, but I found out it was not to end with me. So then I found myself here at the point where what does celebration continue on? Where does it lead to? It leads to continued success. Personal success and celebration will lead to continued success. If you can turn with me over to the next point, point number two, it says celebration attracts my community. Celebration attracts my community from, uh, from attention to invitation. Now, we found here in South Florida, other than the croquetas and empanadas, there's a lot of carnivals that happen from time to time. They kind of mushroom up and you go there and they're, all, they're everywhere. The lights, especially at night, attract so many different people, especially the kids that I have. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And how many have kids and know that when you drive by them, hey, daddy, daddy, I want to go over here to this carnival. I want to, can you, we stop there? And you know, this, they're not... They're not that cheap either, <laughs> you know, to buy those tickets. It's a little costly, like. But why would you think something like that would attract children? Why? Well, you got the lights. You have the energy. You have the action that's going on. The same thing that happens with the attractions that are out there is the same thing God is doing in us when we're having the personal celebration. In other words, when that celebration starts with us, that's what God is doing. He's making us attractional for all the world to see. And in that, we were able to find comfort in knowing that it not just starts with me, but it leads to continued success as we move into the community. There's a cool story I wanna share with you, and it's found in the Old Testament in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 12, 27, and 43. And I don't have a lot of time to share what, you know, this, this whole story, but and I encourage you to go back and read it. But Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, he was actually in Babylon, and he, you know, he, he, he just, he loved his city of, of Jerusalem, and, and he, the city was actually no longer fortified with the walls. And he felt a nudge on his heart as a leader to go back to Jerusalem and fortify the city, rebuild the walls. So him being a successful leader, what he did, he went to the king, whose name I can't pronounce, but it's king of Babylon. What he did is that he got permission to go back to Jerusalem and to gather, you know, the resources. To get, well, actually, resources were sent with him, but to gather people to help him rebuild the walls. And from that success within a, a Two-month period, we're able to refortify the city. Now it's time for the celebration, right? Let's see what God's word says. It says in verse 27, For the dedication of the new wall of Jerusalem, the Levites throughout the land were asked to come to Jerusalem to assist in the ceremonies. They were to take part in the joyous occasion with their songs of thanksgiving and with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. Many sacrifices were offered on that joyous day, for God had given the people cause for great joy. 
The women and children also participated in the celebration, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. Isn't that incredible? Let me read it one more time. It says, uh, and the joy of the people of Jerusalem could be heard far away. So we can see that living a life of celebration, how not only it starts with me and it spreads to the community, but even the joyous celebration that occurs from our lives can be heard and impacted people far away. And that is what I encourage you. The intriguing thing is that this text tells me that if we're living a life of celebration and success, then you know what? As a leader, I'm to do what? Lead out in that energy. It doesn't start with me. Stop with me. It starts with me. Keep that in mind as we... Continue to move on to the next section, which is 2 Corinthians 9 and 2. It says, For I know how eager you are to help, and I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia. And this is Paul talking to the church of Corinth. In other words, he had then, what they were doing is that they had taken up the offering, and what, what they had done, it was just, it, it just like Paul was telling people about it. It went further than the Corinthian church. And he says, uh, I have been boasting to the churches in Macedonia that you in Greece were ready to send an offering a year ago. In fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. Can you believe that? Your excitement, the excitement that we experienced this past weekend, the sacrificial giving that occurred, it does what? It can create enthusiasm into other people to step into that life of success. So your celebration, your life being tattooed with stuff, it matters because it can spur someone else on to walk also in the fulfilled life. That's such a powerful, powerful text there as we believe what God's word says to be true. So it continues with the celebration of God's work, and I've already said it earlier, in my community, if you could write that in as well. You know, God is doing something big. He's doing something big in each and every one of us, and he invites us to be a part of it. He wants you to lead out into inviting others to be a part of what you're excited about. If you go to one of those carnivals or celebrations that we have that pop up around here in South Florida, if you go there and you had a great time, guess what? You're going to tell somebody about it. How many have been like to Disney World, Universal Studios, or any of the theme parks in Orlando? You've had a great time, and guess what you're going to do? You're going to tell people, hey, I had a great time. zippity doo da zippity You get my point. So in other words, things that you're excited about has the ability to excite others, inviting them in to a life tattooed celebration. My next point, point number three. All right, you ready? It says celebration accelerates God's cause. You know what an accelerator is on the car, right? It's a pedal, all right? Now, before this, you have a blank. It says unity leads to momentum. And the reason why I want to mention momentum, but it, it, there is something that to me is like a phenomenon, and that's when we all get together and we're all on the same page. It's just something that occurs that cannot be manufactured. When we're all on the same page and moving in the same direction, we know the cause and result from its momentum, but what happens between there? And I find the answer for this in Psalm 133, and I want you to read along with me there in your outline. It says, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the hand, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling out on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life 
forevermore. You may be asking yourself, well, what does that really mean? Well, we're talking about unity here and how it actually leads to momentum. So looking at this text carefully, it says, how good and how pleasant it is when we're on the same page, moving in the same direction. It is like precious oil, and in the Old Testament, oil actually meant what we would call anointing or power. Everyone say power. Power. So in other words, when we're on the same page moving in the right direction, something happens. Power occurs. And it says here at the last sentence of the text, it says, For there the Lord bestows his blessings. For many, many years, you know, as I would pray and I would actually have, you know, conversations with God, I said, God, I need you to bless this in my life. Or God, I need you to bless this in my life. God, I need you to bless this over here. And when I found this text years ago, I found like, well, you know what? What I was doing, I was seeking after what I wanted him to do or to bless in my life. And what he was sharing me here in this word was what I want you to do is I want you to seek unity with those folks that I have on the same mission with you so you can move forward. And that I didn't understand that the specific things that I was actually asking for, God, just do this. What I was doing is I was boxing God in because if I was seeking unity like I wanted, like he wanted me to do, not only would I be able to experience this blessing, but I was able to experience this blessing and this blessing along with it. I tell you, it's a phenomenal that, phenomenon that I don't understand, but when we're on the same page, when we're running after 50 campuses, when we're running after 100,000 people worshiping God on a weekend at a potential church location, there is power that God will do right here in this earth through you. God wants us to live not only just a successful life, but tattooed in celebration. And it takes not only God, uh, you live in a life of celebration within you, but in your community. And then, of course, we move on to the next part where we can see he's doing something around the world. And let's continue to read. Now, I have here, it's going to be on the side screens, but it's not in your text um, or not in your outline. But it comes from a story thousands of years ago back in Genesis 11. And this is a story that takes place in a city called Babel. And this, the, the people of that city were wanting to make themselves famous, and they were united around something that uh, they, were, they had a project. They were going to try to build this tower from the ground all the way up to heaven. Well, we understand that with unity, there's power that happens with that, something that's not, you can't explain it. But what we also see that there's something that has to be a part of it. Remember, as I said earlier, it says, God's plan plus what? My obedience equals that success. Let me read the story to you. It says in Genesis 11, 4 through 7, if you'll follow along. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with the tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages, then they won't be able to understand each other. Can you see here where even God looked down and acknowledged that when people were unified, there was nothing that they can accomplish? But what was missing? God's plan. What I'm sharing with you today, again, it's not rocket science. It all, all it's saying is that you can have guaranteed success in your life, and all it takes is to know what God's plan is for your life, which is in the Word. And we, we were able to teach that to you every But you have it for yourself. 
but it's your obedience to God's plan in your life that brings guaranteed success. But we see here as an example that, you know, when God's plan is not a part of it, it will not be the successful life that he has for you. It is my heart and it is my desire that as I have found and my family, we have found to walk in the fulfilled life, walking in a life tattooed in celebration that, that you have that same but what I have found that it's not about my own success or the success of my family, it's about all of ours together on the same page, moving in the same direction. Let's go on to um, Acts 2, 1 through 2. Now, this is where kind of it's, it's interesting how God brings us all back together. It says, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly there was a sound of heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. Let me backtrack just a second. Let me, let, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, which is what? Unity. Verse 2, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and, the, and it filled the house where they were sitting. That's representation of the power that occurred from, being, from them being in the sa- or on the same page, moving in the same direction. And then look at verse 41. This is amazing. It says, those who believed what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day about 3,000 and all. Isn't that incredible? It's incredible that when we take into account what God's plan is and that whenever we're obedient to God's plan that we have success, but when we all do that, it creates that unity of us together and we move forward and God does what he does best. He brings a multiplication effect in the promises that he has for you in your life. And it's such a beautiful story that we can actually apply to our life. Now look with me in Acts 1 and verse 8. It says, but you will receive power. Everyone say that with me, power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It results in a celebration of God's work in our world. You see how everything is contingent upon the thing before that in order for us to see that celebration from the impact of our individual life wrap around the world, it starts, it starts with the life tattooed in celebration within you. Because you are attractional and everyone wants to see what's going on in your life and you're letting them know, it moves over to your what? Your community. And then before you know it, Before you know it, you see what God wants to do not only in you and your community, you see it spread throughout the world. 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thank God for this gift. Two wonderful words. It's God's grace. (laughs) God's grace for him to want to partner with me in my life. God's grace that he wants to see me walk in the fulfilled life. God's grace for him to want to, for me to have the best life that I can have. And guess what it only takes? His plan plus my obedience. Guaranteed success every single time.
It may not be in our timing, but I can promise you, now looking back on my life now, 18 years ago, when I had a decision to not make a, make a decision about being generous on what I felt or what I even had. No, it was based upon what God's Word said and how I applied it to my life. I didn't know that shortly after that small period that God would restore my family, that God would put everything back in order. Oh, it was tough, don't get me wrong, and the road that you may be on this morning may be a little tough, I get it. But stay true, be obedient to what his word says because it can be applied to your life in every single area, your marriage, your finances, your family, your, your college, whatever it may be, your job. You can apply it because you can believe it. It is true, I witness to that. And now 18 years later, I can see that God used all those different things <laughs> to make me who I am today. And to humbly be able to share what he's done in my life with you. It amazes me what God does on our journeys. So I invite you in today. You know what? A life of obedience to what God says, it, it requires trust. It requires tr trust. But you know what? That decision to be obedient actually is as very close as your next decision. You don't have to wait till next week. You don't have to wait till tomorrow. You can start today. It's as close as your next decision. The song that the worship team sung earlier is that all God's promises are yes and amen. You know why we can sing that and rejoice in that and celebrate in that? It's because we know where his plan is at and we're obedient to the plan. We can celebrate what God is going to do in the success of our lives, but it was never for us. It was, for those, for it, to, it was just for us to enjoy as we spread it to our community and wrap around the world. I encourage you today that if you're a person that, you know, God has nudged you to be obedient in your area of your generosity, or any other area, it could be serving, it could be encouraging, that you be obedient in that because God wants success for you. And also, if you're a person that you believe that you have been obedient, that you're, you're being generous and you're also serving others, you know what? Keep going. Don't quit because you don't see the instant results right then. Don't quit. Keep going. I promise you. I promise you. His promises in your life will come to pass. And then also if you've become, you know, there's another side of it. Maybe you've become numb. You know, yeah, I'm going to give. Yeah, I'm going to serve. But you know what? Your heart is kind of flat. I just pray, my prayer is that there will be a personal revival inside of you, meaning there's an awakening that what God wants to do in your life matters not only to you, but it matters to your neighbor that lives down the street that needs to see the celebration of God in your life so they can have their own celebration so it can spread throughout. My prayer for you today is that you walk in the fulfilled life because guess what? <laughs> The word says you can have it. And if it says that I can have it, I want it. Let us all pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time that you've given us together to open your word and to understand its truths and how it's applied to our lives. We just pray that as we move from this day, God, that we can search out what your plan is for our lives and that we can simply be obedient, that you'll give us the courage to be obedient, Father. Not seeking after success alone, we just seek after pleasing your heart and knowing that success will come, but we want that tattooed life of celebration so that we can impact our community and impact the world. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. Thank you so much for your attention. Thank you for your engagement. I'm gonna ask that you don't go anywhere just yet. We're going to go into our time of giving. 
Now, I know in the context as Paul was talking, it was talking about generosity. It can spread to many different areas. But you know what? It starts with this. In other words, our life being tattooed in celebration, what God is nudging you to do. And you know what? This is, you know, this is where God says you can test him. You can test him. You can trust him. Don't you believe you can trust him? You can trust him with your life. You can trust him with your family. You can trust him with your, your finances. And as the ushers come, you know, my prayer for you is that, as I mentioned earlier, that obedience in this area is as close as the very next decision. So as the ushers come, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your many blessings. Thank you that your word is true and that in your word you said that we can test you in this area and that where it shares that you will just blow our mind <laughs> with your promises of a fulfilled life. God, I thank you again for uh, the celebration that we were able to have about what you've done in this church this past weekend as we launched our Temple Centurion season. We just pray that everything that you set forth in motion that we'll jump on board, be a part of it, and we will see the momentum that's caused from our unity. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.